There is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Welcome back to the Eternity Archives, an actual play podcast. You are still listening to our heroic chord arc with our special guest star, Cat of Sword of Symphonies. Hi. As y'all are listening to this, both of our shows have just gotten back from the New Jersey Web Festival, but as we're recording this, it has not yet happened. So we'll see if we're still friends after all the awards have been doled out. <laughs> <laughs> We're only competing against each other in one category. That's true. But it's literally the most important category. <laughs> anyway, we'll see. I am Dorka. I am playing Zen, the normally lizard person, but human in a Milta. Normal human Zen. Yes, I'm playing normal human Zen, the enduring crusader. And these are my lovely co-hosts. Hi, I'm Ziva. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Linda, who in the world of Amilta is a tidal navigator. Hey, everyone. My name is Bappy. My pronouns are they, them. I play Real Deja Kel, uh, who is a weird as fuck, possibly human, beckoning infiltrator. I don't know. Weird as fuck is pretty harsh. There may be a little unhinged, a little like spicy, spicy normal, a little zesty, <laughs> a little zesty human real. Oh, delicious. Little, little Cool Ranch. Oh, yes. Cool Ranch. You say that, but I've seen the Discord. The number of people who say that they identify with Rill and that Rill's behavior and thoughts are normal to them is enormous. Oh, yeah. It's because we are all zesty human Rills. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just 10 zesty human Rills in a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> we're, just, uh, we're just a bag of Doritos. That's what you call a group of Rills. <laughs> Gross. I'm Kat. I'm the host king of Sword of Symphonies, and right now I'm the host regent of the Eternity Archives. I am the guest anchor. I have a question to get to know you all better. Lay it on me. My question is, what kind of scenery do you like best? Heroic Court is kind of a game about scenery and the wilderness, and that's the kind of thing I like. My favorite is desert scenery. Oh, interesting. There's kind of a Badlands not far from where I live, only like a couple hours drive away, where like the ground is all red rock and there's big dramatic rock formations. And I just love it. I think it's gorgeous. I mean, I like looking at most scenery. I like trees. I like lots of flowers. Uh, snow is a good one. Ooh. But if we're talking about like scenery we like to exist in, um, my room, because I don't like being outside. <laughs> Texas is hot as fuck, and I don't enjoy it. And our uh, infrastructure cannot handle us turning on our air conditioner. So I looked at my electric bill, and we are like the inside temperature of my apartment is like an average low of like 78 degrees, like the entire month. That's Fahrenheit. I don't know what it is in Celsius, but it's hot for me. Crime. 
Yeah, it's and then it's an average high of like 83 degrees. And it's just like, wow, this is horrible. And you people are charging me money to become a, a soggy meat puppet. Gross. So my favorite kind of scenery. (laughs) I'm just going to get us away from that. I enjoy being outside a lot. You enjoy being a soggy meat puppet. I am the anti-babby. And I don't sweat because I am a... No, that's not true. I sweat a lot, but... Because you're a lizard. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite scenery is... I would probably say mountains. Like mountain forests. Like you get in Wyoming, Alaska... Just out where there just aren't a lot of people. I like climbing mountains, looking at mountains, being in the mountains. Yeah, so mountains are my favorite kind of scenery. Okay, so my favorite scenery, I would say, would be really like mossy woods. Um, I really like walking in the woods. There's lots of beautiful little unexpected surprises. You never know when you're going to see a fox or some deer or a cool mushroom or something. Um, and I especially love big old mossy rocks and old ruins. I went hiking with my parents and we came across an old homestead where you could see like the outline of where the old house was. And it was probably like hundreds of years old. And there was all these like cool mossy rocks. And I don't know, it's just there's some there's like an energy about those places. So I like hiking in the woods. I like the scenery of the woods because there's always cool little surprises. How to say you're like a goth witch type without actually saying you're a goth witch type. Oh, uh, yeah. Just gonna show my whole witchy ass on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say that's witch type, but not so much goth because uh, I think goths are more indoor. You can be an outdoor goth, I feel like. An outdoor goth is just called a witch. Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> So that's me. I'm an I'm an outdoor goth. You're an outdoor goth. Excellent. That's beautiful when you think about it. Kat, how about you remind our audience what we did last time? <laughs> I would love to. Previously on the Eternity Archives, the party made contact with Magnolia's little cousin Rowan, a normal human small child. And then they went to the tavern to make some friends and kind of get the lay of the land. They found it full of friendly people, which hasn't largely been their tavern experience to date. Yeah, sounds fake. Rill was a little bit suspicious and got up early enough in the morning to find Rowan out in the Boundary Garden. And Rowan, okay, not a human child, actually a dragon. What? Yeah, not a small human child at all. Oops. (laughs) They shared a snack. It was nice. And then the party headed out onto the goat home veldt, and they saw something up on the hill. That is strange. Rill's just like, what what do you guys see? What's going on? (laughs) If we direct Rill's attention to it, Mm -hmm. will they be able to see it? Yeah. Okay. Zen, like, grabs the top of Rill's head and turns their head to see it. Oh. Yeah. And Rill, this is, yeah, it is moving. It is not alive. Okay. You can sense that with your spell very clearly. There's no life in this. Would I be able to do, like, an understanding tinkering to maybe suss out what this is a little bit more. I was thinking yeah. tinkering. Cause, okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Sick. Okay, so I have three understanding. That's what tinkering is for, Kirsten. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's not listening, but she abuses that skill so bad. Oh, jeez. So I got two ones and a six. If you keep the edge successes, I will give you more information, but you will have to get closer. I think I can kind of figure out more about this thing, but I do have to get a closer look. Zen pulls out her sword and it's just like, do it. I'll cover you. Okay. Then I'll go I get closer in. 
I promised that nothing would get the jump on you guys. <laughs> it doesn't notice you. Oh, before Rill gets too close, I'd like to do a spell if that's okay. It is more than okay. I hunger for it. <laughs> okay. So one of my spell pieces is lifting. So I'm going to combine it with sunlight. Okay. And this is a minor stretch, but I'm basically going to lift it away from where it is closer to us into the sunlight with the goal being of Rill being able to have a better look without having to get as far away in case there's an ambush or something. Can I get away with that? No, I, I do like this. I like this a lot. This is an interesting thing to think about. Give me a second here. I guess open lifting might be a little bit more... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be a little bit more applicable. <laughs> I'll lift it up into the open. Yeah, that's a, that's a little more straightforward. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do that. And because I am helping Rel out, I'm also going to mark off my key for helpfulness. That's actually something you mark off when you're doing rolls. Oh, okay. Sorry, never mind. Quite all right, quite all right. So we are casting Open Lifting. Yes. I like it. I like it a great deal. I think I'm going to ask you for... If you spend two scatter, this will work. It will attack immediately. If you spend four, it will attack after you have all had time to plan. I then am going to spend all four. Okay. So now please, please tell me what Linda's magic looks like. Before you do that, think about what it sounds like. Oh, yes. I want to use my my anchor note skill, which says if I do my stuff while playing music, I gain one fewer scatter. So then I am going to use that as well. So then what's going to happen is that Linda's going to swing her loot around in front of her because it's just over her back. So she can do a cool little swing around like, like she's in a rock concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's going to swing it around front and she's going to play a power chord. On a loot? <laughs> yes, please! Yeah, so just, just a nice little twang and let it sort of hang out into the air. And, you know, as the music is playing, you can see ripples in the air that have almost like a slight shimmer in them emanating from her loot. And so she is going to play a quiet but literally uplifting little song. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, this magic's going to like ripple through the air and like sort of gently disturb around this little tank or whatever it is and gently lift it up into the air and closer to them. All right. So Rill, you can get closer. And with Linda's magic holding it in place for long enough for you to inspect it, you can see that this is a turret. The shine that Zen saw was a lens mounted on the front of it. It is looking around It is advanced enough to be capable of perceiving and running some kind of AI routine, but it is old and weather-beaten. Its treads no longer operate, and there is kind of a grungy sound when it turns, as if it's caked with earth. So is this, like, anachronistic-looking? Like, does it look like it's from this world, or...? This doesn't feel like your anomaly. Okay. It does seem anachronistic, but it has also been buried for a long time. Okay. Huh. Well, that's kind of neat. I mean, you kind of wouldn't expect it to see this kind of thing here, huh? I have no idea what it is, real. <laughs> it's like a car. You know, remember cars in Sweetgrass? It's like a car, but... That doesn't look like anything like a car. Okay, it, but it's like <laughs> the same thing as a car. Like, you know, like a horse and a dog aren't the same thing, but they're both like animals that you can ride on. Um, I feel like you're dumbing this down a little too much. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, I, You didn't even know what a car was. Okay, fine. Whatever. I've been in a car. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how they made it. 
Could I get closer to it to try to? I guess I don't have tools, but I mean, would I have tools? This is just a Linda curiosity question. <laughs> Real would offer, Real would just be like, I could get closer to it and maybe try to like... Uh, that's fine. Probably don't. Okay. They hide their screwdriver. I have a request for everybody. Yes. Okay. Please roll me adaptability tactics. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I have an ability for this. We are oh, in the ruins shit. and you are a strategist. So Rill is going to be doing some heavy lifting here. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I already contribute to successes, right? Three because you're in ruins. Yeah. So I have street stalker, but I also have strategist. So do those stack? Yep. Okay. So five successes. Yeah. Okay. And then I roll the two that I have from one from adaptability and one from... Having the tactics skill? Okay. Yes. Yep. That's what it sounds like. Well, it's a good thing because I rolled two ones. Ranger Rill is a Viking. <laughs> if you keep those successes, uh, you're absolutely going to be the first target. Do I want to be the first target? Hmm. Yeah, why not? Sure. Okay. So I have seven in the pool right now? That's exactly what's happening. Yes. Okay, cool. All right, I rolled a five. Okay. Dang. Eight. I rolled a one and a two. If you keep the edge success, it's going to be more difficult for Rill not to get hurt by the thing I'm about to do. Oh, God. Then I'm not going to keep the edge success. I do not want Rill to get hurt. Okay. So ordinarily, the buried turret actually acts first against the normal rules of the game. But I promised Zen that I wouldn't let anything get the drop. And I meant it. <laughs> So it is the party's turn first. So right now our pool is shared, right? Of the dice? Yes. Everybody shares their pool. We just know that it has hostile intention. Yeah, it moves and its lenses focus on real. And it points its like an aperture that is to real menacingly gun-like at them. For the record, I'm totally on board with just destroying this one. <laughs> so now my question is, what do you all want to do? I have a question for you. Are the spell pieces the same here as they were out on the veld? They are, yes. Okay, so Zen sees it targeting Rill, and I'm going to do another spell. Love it. This one is going to be Sunlight Armor. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use that to basically like wrap some of the remaining sunlight around Rill and basically solidify it into a protective shield. So what you're trying to do is give the party an advantage here. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go with a one-to-one. To one. How much scatter do you want to spend on this? Oh, I've already spent four. So let's say two. Alrighty. So that's going to bring the party up to 10. And please tell me what this spell looks like. Well, you've already described wrapping the sunlight around, which I love. So Zen is a little further back, but Zen did also tell Rill that she would have them covered. So when it sees the turret turning its lens on Rill and targeting it, she kind of gets the sense that like she's not really close enough to basically step between Rill and the turret, but Zen does have a sword and Zen does feel the touch of this magic. And so I'm imagining Zen is kind of using the sword in sort of the way a wizard would use a staff, sort of as like a focus that draws up some of this light and then sends it to Rill and wraps it around them. Love that. That's gorgeous. So am I like bright? Am I like beaming right now? <laughs> Are you? I am. 
<laughs> like, is the armor, like, literally light? That's just, like... I think that's up to Dorka. Yeah. Yes, I, yes. But it is, like... Obviously, it's not, like, light that will blind you and have the opposite effect of what we're... I can't say! <laughs> Love it. Love that very much. Do we all take a turn? Yeah. And then the thing goes? Okay. Do you want to go first, Linda, or... Yes, okay. I do. Okay, I have a good spell idea for later. What I would like to do right now is I would like to perform melee weapons using my understanding. So I want to try and smack it where it hurts. Okay, yeah. And then I would like to count my helpfulness with that since, again, I'm trying to help Rill so it hopefully doesn't blast them in the face. Beautiful. So I have my three understanding, one for having the melee weapon skill, and then two additional for the helpfulness? That's correct. Okay. Holy cow. This is going to be a lot of dice. Okay. <laughs> Go, Linda. Handful of dice. I rolled two sixes, a five, two fours, and a two. Oh, my God. I know. That was really good. This is an extremely powerful Linda, and I love it. The difficulty to advance destroy is five, which means you'll advance destroy once if you take two from the pool. Okay. So since... We have a crap ton in the pool. I'm going to go ahead and take two from the pool. Okay, bring you down to ten and advancing destroy once. Please tell me about Linda's amazing sword hit. So Linda is actually, she has her staff with her. Oh, yeah. Because that's what she decided to take into the world. Or that's rather what she woke up with when she was in the world. Some unconscious part of Linda was like, hell yeah, I want a sick-ass bow staff. (laughs) So she is also going to pull that off of her back. And she's going to, as she takes it out, sort of um, give it a little twirl, almost like a color guard baton. Give it a really firm grip. She's going to sort of like put all her weight back on her foot while she looks at it to try and understand where it's going to hurt to smack that turret. And she realizes that probably the best part to smack it is the part that has the barrel on it. So she's going to smack it right in its gun nose like it's a it's a bullet shark. Boop it on the snoot. <laughs> boop it right on its robo snoot. Yeah, going to gonna boop that robot on the snoot. So she's going to then grab the bow staff um, the way you're not supposed to. So like a baseball bat. <laughs> and just swing it as hard as she possibly can right across that robot snoot. I love that. So bow staff is good because it's it's long and she's transferring like as much force as she can into it. If it was a ball, she'd hit it out of the park. Powerful. Love it. What's real doing? So is there like not a cockpit, but what is that called? Is it a cockpit driver's seat? Is there like one visible? Like can you like crawl into this thing or is it more like it's a robot that moves itself? It's robotic. This is an automaton. Okay, okay, okay. Well poop. I guess? Okay, so it's aiming its turret at me, right? Yep. Okay, for now then, I'm just gonna run away from the others, because if it's like a turret fire, it'll have a lot of, like, splashback or area effect damage, and I don't want to, like, you know, if it hits me, I'd rather it just hits me and not the others as well, so... I guess I don't know what I would roll for that, but I guess I would... Like, to get as far and as fast as you can, daring athletics? Athletics? I do not have... And athletics. I mean, you can sell me on another facet other than daring, but it sounds like it's an athletics roll to run. Okay. Actually, I'd also take tactics. Okay, I have tactics. Because you're trying to draw its fire away. Like, you're thinking tactically. You're trying to draw its fire away from your party, so... Running is a strategy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I guess what stat could I use for that? 
That's a daring tactic. Is it? Okay. Let me see. Can I use any of my key pieces? I mean, you're doing it to, like, you're doing it to keep the splashback away from the party, so I'd take loyalty. Okay, let's do loyalty then. So that's an additional two dice, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, baby! <laughs> I got three sixes and a five. <laughs> that's oh amazing. God. So that's that brings the pool up to 12. <laughs> that is... Ranger Rill is so powerful. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would just run. I'd just be like, I-, I will get it away. And I just like wave my arms at it. And I just start running. There's a lot of running for Rill today. That I don't yeah. know how they feel about that. <laughs> Getting that cardio in. <laughs> yeah, do your cardio, Rill. <laughs> Before the turret acts, there's an NPC turret. By which I mean a rock is chucked at the turret from somewhere in the ruins. You hear a little, take that! (laughs) (laughs) And it kind of bonks the turret and uh, adds one to the pool. So you have got 13 going into the turret's turn, which is going to make this pretty easy, actually. I feel like we're winning. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely have the advantage right now. (laughs) The first thing the turret is doing is spending a moment to focus its lens. If you spend two from the pool, you can stop it from doing this. If you don't, the difficulty to avoid its next attack is going to go up. Okay. What would I roll for difficulty? Oh, no. The difficulty is just you spend it from the pool. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. I don't make you roll on the turret's turn. I think we have a pretty deep pool right now, so I wouldn't be opposed. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let's spend two. Maybe like the glare from that sunlight armor just prevents it from taking a target. Yeah, that makes sense. It can't acquire target because this light is interfering with its sensors. And now it is going to fire a beam of searing white light from the aperture. It rips through the air and you can either spend four or Rill's going to take two damage. What does the damage take from? (laughs) You have 10 HP. Okay, okay, okay. I'll take the damage. That's fine. Party, are you okay with Rill getting nailed by this? Yeah, everyone gets hit occasionally. Okay. <laughs> that is to say, Zen's totally fine with it. Zen's okay with making the sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, majority rules, I guess, unless Linda wants to fight for it. I hope that Rill is okay, but I am okay with this. Yeah. Okay. Rill is pegged by a beam of light that rips through the air and leaves scorch marks on the ground. Oh. Ow. It burns. <laughs> It burns. It doesn't feel great. It doesn't catch you, like, through the chest. Like, there's no anime silhouette being pierced through by light, but it's, uh... It's not Dragon Ball Z as I'm getting hit by a... <laughs> it's not. But it does hurt. It sucks. Oh, God. This is why I don't run. Everything burns. <laughs> All right. It is the party's turn. All right. So for Heroic Chord, there's no fixed initiative order, right? Or anything? We just... There's no fixed initiative order. It's the whole party goes in any order they like. Love that. Any NPCs go. And then the opponents take a certain number of turns. The turret gets two turns per round. And then it's back to the party. I have a question about the environment right now. Is it like just dirt and ruins and stuff like that? Or is there any like greenery near us? Oh, there's so much greenery. This is the belt. Yeah. Okay. There's grass everywhere. Okay. So could I cast a spell that is, because this might be a bit of a stretch, a hunting green <laughs> where I want like vines or something to like snap up out of the ground to try to like kind of pull the turret 
or like hold it down or something. Okay. So I have one question for you, and that is, do you want to try to advance a goal with this spell, or do you just want to contribute to the pool? The pool is at 11 right now, and you have advanced destroy once. By the way, you finish a combat by advancing a track five times. I want to try to contribute to the destroy goal or track. Yeah, okay. So basically, um, it's going to be one for one. Spend as much scatter as you like, and you can take successes from the pool to supplement that. Okay. You don't have to stop at five. You could also go to 10, but I'm going to need a multiple of five from you. Okay. A multiple of five? Yeah. Like, you can advance a track twice in, a, in an action if you have enough successes and enough scatter. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. So, I will use... I mean, we have 11 successes, right? 11 advance. Well, we don't want to use all of them, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'll use two of my own scatter and then three from the pool. Okay. Yeah. All right. So please tell me about hunting green. Okay, let me think. Let me think about this. I guess kind of go with like the shadow motif, kind of like wisp of shadows, like tendrils almost, kind of start forming around the dirt, like underneath where the turret is, and vines or grass or some kind of greenery is sort of spurred on, almost given life by these dark wisps or swirls. And I guess what would they go after? Maybe go like try to plug up the treads like kind of like wrap around the treads and just kind of like squeeze tight to like kind of like break its legs or something oh i love that <laughs> oh that's extremely cool <laughs> all right any thoughts or feelings from zed and linda oh that sounds very cool to me i think that is a great idea oh i love it yeah real probably stop running at this point because i think they're far enough away where ideally they won't do any splash damage if they get hit and also they're very tired and they don't want to run anymore <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of liking the light and shadow motif from real and zen <laughs> mm -hmm. same big same huge same there is an audible crunching sound even at real's distance you can hear something in the mechanisms of this turret give way to the crushing power of these vines gorgeous <laughs> love it <laughs> What would Zen and Linda like to do? Zen's ready to put some hurt down on this turret. That's our Zen. Especially because, you know, it's being bogged down by these vines. So Zen is going to take the opportunity to run in and use her melee weapon on that turret. She's just going to beat it with her sword in the way she does. Hell yes. So I'm going to assume that's daring and melee weapons. Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna use my key as well. I'm gonna do fearlessness. Hell yeah, that's Zen. Yeah. So I get to roll seven <laughs> dice. Jesus. Please do. Oh god. I got a five and three ones. <laughs> I'm not rolling like Bappy is today. That's okay. Keep the edge successes and a fire is gonna start. I'm okay with that. Okay. So that brings you to four? You can spend one or you can spend six from the pool, depending on whether you want to advance destroy once or twice. Huh. There's 11 in the pool right now? There's eight. Eight in the pool. Okay, I'll, I'll just do the one from the pool. Okay. There is a spark as Zen's sword makes contact with this turret. And it fires wildly, not at anything, but just kind of something in it is triggered to fire at the ground. And a fire begins to spread in the grassland. Well, that's not great. <laughs> Are we going to destroy an entire, like, biome just, like, one day we're here? 
So let me tell you what I want to do, please. And then tell me if I can. <laughs> so I would like to try and put this fire out now before it becomes a problem. And I would like to do that by casting a spell. All right, I'm going to do an, another slight stretch again. So yell at me <laughs> if I can't do this. That is, I'm, is sunlight water. So basically, uh, water is going to start falling from the sky. And like the sun, it's going to like touch, you know, everything within a certain radius. Okay. So to try and like put the fire out. I guess I could probably also do like, yeah, that's my best one would be sunlight waters. Water falls from the sky and tries to put the fire out. I don't hate it. Especially since like you're a navigator and controlling the weather is something that you're capable of doing. Yes. So I think like a sun shower is what you're triggering here. Oh, like sunlight, like turning to water. Oh, yeah. That'd be, that'd be fucking sick. Okay, so I think I'm going to ask you for, let's see, one success and you could put out the fire, three successes and no more can start. Ooh, okay. So can I use my anchor note again? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to use my anchor note again and I'm going to do it so that no more can start. So that's going to be three minus one. So that's two scatter. And Linda is going to, on her loot, start plucking a, a soft little song, which is Here Comes the Sun, <laughs> which we can't sing or play because we will be sued into oblivion. But it is Here Comes the Sun. And um, as Dorka very kindly already describes, I don't have to think about how to make this look cool. As the sun is shining down, it's almost like the sunbeams begin to drip and melt and they turn into a soft, gentle, but pretty all-encompassing rain uh, that falls down on the area around the ruins and saturates the grass, putting out the fire. And I think we can all agree that it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) I love that very much. And then at the end of the party's turn, another rock is hurled at the turret from the ruins bringing the pool up to eight. Thanks, Rowan. Thank you. Yeah, take that. (laughs) And now it is the turret's turn. Let's see. It can't use two of its abilities. Oh, no. (laughs) Because of the way you have done these tactics, there are two things on this list that it can no longer do. So the first thing it's going to do is try to fire a beam at Linda. Oh, no. Spend four. Or Linda takes two. It's four from the pool. Pool is eight, yes. Okay. Do we all have ten? Yes, everyone has ten HPs. No, I have eight, I think, right? Yeah. Well, to begin with, you had ten. Oh, yeah, yeah, But you made choices. Then I am going to take the two damage. Okay. The next thing it's going to do is it is going to try and acquire a target on Zen. If you spend two from the pool, you can stop it. Otherwise, the difficulty for Zen to avoid being hit by a beam is going to go up next turn. I'll take the two from the pool if everyone's okay with that. Yeah. Okay. So the pool goes down to six. It tries to acquire a target, but maybe this is when it gets beamed with the rock. <laughs> is, when it's, is when it's trying to acquire a target. And its sensors get knocked askew. And now it's back to the party's turn. Okay. I'm trying to think. It's taken two on the destroy track or three? three. Two more will destroy Okay. It. And what resets our scatter? Is there, like, rest? Nap time. Nap time, okay. Yeah. Alright. Here we 
we're gonna take a nap time anytime soon okay let me think about this so you, how linda did like <laughs> a sun shower with water would i be able to do that but with like knives like if i did like sunlight knife <laughs> could it just be like sunlight beaming down knives <laughs> the thing is i don't hate it <laughs> We've already established that Zen could summon sunlight armor. Okay. Yeah. Weapons made of sunlight it perfectly jives with things we've already done in this encounter. <laughs> sunlight knives. And it's not the dumbest spell that's ever been cast with a spell piece knife. <laughs> so here comes the knife. Doo 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 doo. Now that's all right. <laughs> Okay, I'm willing to compromise on this if instead of sunlight knife, uh, I could do s knife green where like the plants turn into kni <laughs> <laughs> knives turn. How about green knife? Yeah, green knife. Like the plants kind of like <laughs> spike through the turret instead. If that is more appeasable to you, God King. <laughs> honestly, they both sound like they really kick ass. Okay. <laughs> I honestly, whatever you choose is going to be beautiful. I'll go with green knife then because I think that flows a little bit better what, what have i have i've already done where you know the plants vines gr grass whatever have already kind of wrapped around the treads and so now i think it just makes more sense if they extend even further with these like the shadowy wisps growing helping them grow and then instead of kind of like flowing and like wrapping around it it's like a sudden like strike that like snaps through and like pierces through what it can of the turret I love that. <laughs> so how much scatter are you spending? And how much are you taking from the pool? Okay, how much do we have right now in the pool? Six. Six? Okay, let me count. I will spend five scatter, and I'll use five from the pool. Rill's going in for the kill. All right. <laughs> so please describe how Rill's spell annihilates this ancient weapon. So kind of what I described, the vines, you know, suddenly instead of kind of being sleepy and like wrapping around the tank or the turret and the metal, um it almost is like invigorated or spurred on by these like shadowy wisps. And then they, like knives, they sharpen um, and solidify. And then they just like skewer like across and through the turret, just like from all angles. That makes a little turret kebab. That ends it. <laughs> the turret makes a sudden <laughs> and powers down. And there is no more movement. That spell you cast before is still active. You can sense nothing moving or alive in it anymore. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to step in to remind you that if you'd like to show us your support, please leave us a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. Or if you're looking for something more exciting, you can now support us with a monthly membership to our Ko-fi page. Members get access to our Discord server, behind-the-scenes looks at GM notes and character sheets, and other exclusive content. Head over to ko-fi.com slash the Eternity Archives to take a look. Now, we'll be back to the show in just a minute, but before we continue, here's an ad for another show from the Be Gay Roll Dice Podcast Network. Once you've finished our episode, go ahead and give them a listen. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the show. Board of D&D? Want to try something else? Why not check out Control Group? We test systems so you don't have to. Using our patented mini-campaigns along with one-shots, we test how far you can stretch systems with our unique ideas and broad storytelling. 
Our mission statement is to give a voice to those not often heard in the TTRPG community. So whether it be a system you've never heard of, or our testers being people of color, people on the LBGTQIA spectrum, we want to make sure our stories are broad, vast, and told from different perspectives. So whether you want classic role-playing or just big goofs, come listen to us try out systems, some of which we've even made ourselves. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or head over to controlgrouppod.com. That's CTRL, just like the key on your keyboard. There you can find the systems we test along with easily accessible PDFs. So check us out if you're into Monster of the Week, Passion Dallas Passionis, Saw of Fire and Ice, Blazers and Feelings, Gunsight, Void Worlds, Wizards and Wands, Stranded, Interstitial, The Last Shonen, and so much more! If I'm almost full scatter, how is this affecting Rill? <laughs> part of character creation, it's a suggested part. It's not like a mandatory mechanic. Mm-hmm. But one thing I suggest is that you think about what happens when your character has pushed themselves outside themselves. Mm-hmm. How do they react to overexerting themselves magically? So I'd like to ask you, what is it like for Rill when most of Rill is outside their body right now? I think for them, I was trying to think of a way to make this more interesting to listen to on the radio, but it's <laughs> basically, I think they would just like kind of get quiet, just like they would like zone out because it's just like stuck in their head almost. Mm. And once again, that's like not the most interesting radio because it's like, well, what happens? It's like they don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, there's kind of like zoned out, almost like not focused, I guess. Okay. I think as the party carries on, Rowan lets go of Linda's hand and runs over to Rill's side to hold theirs. <laughs> Aww. What would Rill think about that? I guess Rill would just let them. Like, they're kind of, like I said, I think they're just almost like a shell at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and Rowan is gonna pull Rill along through the ruins to the ancient city of Bright Hill. It is still on a hill. The shadows here are, well, not as long as they could be. We are approaching midday, after all. But there are shadows nonetheless. As you can see, buildings with roofs intact now, surprisingly, poking their way out of the soil. And past these buildings, there is a much larger one. The remnants of an old castle. Its grand high entrance is visible and leads to darkness. Welcome to Bright Hill, Rowan says. Well, it's it's a little spooky here. I'm uh, glad the only scary vines we've seen are on our side so far. Huh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> spooky vines. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not a fan. I like Rill's okay. Th- those are allowed. And Rowan gives a tug at Rill's hand. Rill's just kind of looking at towards the temple. Well, hmm. This is an interesting way to play real where I'm like, what would they act like if they're not acting like themselves? (laughs) I guess they would look down at Rowan, but it's almost like their eyes are kind of like glazed over. And Rowan whispers, I'll take sensitivity rules from Zen and Linda, but only real is intended to hear this. Rowan whispers, do you want me to come in with you? They'd shake their head. Okay. They'd kind of pull their hand away from Rowan and then start walking towards the temple. Okay. Linda is a little bit worried about Rill, and it doesn't look like, based on my role, <laughs> uh, like she heard <laughs> what Rowan was saying, because I rolled very terribly. But she is going to look at Rowan and say, you should probably go home, all right? I'm not sure this is safe for you. Okay. <laughs> Be careful, okay? 
Okay, I'll be careful. Thanks for your help. Okay. You be careful too. I will. Don't worry about me. I'm a big grown up. I can take care of myself. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> and with that vote of confidence, <laughs> Linda is going to follow after Rill. Try not to get too far ahead of Zen. Zen is going to just take another longer look around, like not really going anywhere, not moving out of place, but looking around the ruins before heading in, just making sure there's not anything that they've missed outside before heading to the temple with the rest of them. Once upon a time, there were tile roofs here. You can see battered, ancient, rotten wood hanging outside like must have been a sign at one point. Maybe this chimney sticking out out of the earth was a bakery or an inn or something like that once upon a time but now it is stones stones piled on stones and covered in moss like everything else on the felt humanity doesn't belong here anymore and you get the feeling as you walk through that enormous archway into darkness that this place may belong to something else there is a quiet that settles in and can i get sensitivity rolls from the party please just sensitivity? Sensitivity and whatever skill tickles your fancy. I guess I'll do focus, because Rill's pretty laser focused right now. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Got two fives, a six, and a one. Ranger Rill! <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is three successes. I'm not going to bargain with you for the fourth. <laughs> like, three successes and tons. I am going to do sensitivity and tactic. Okay. Just again, looking for anything suspicious. And before I roll that, just real quick, uh, your word pictures are beautiful. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh by thank the way. you. They're amazing. I'm very in the moment in the world. Oh, I'm so, so. glad to hear that. Good word picture. Okay, I rolled two sixes, a three, and a four. We'll make Yay. Kathleen write music. For- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what about Zen? What's Zen looking for? All right, Zen is going to do sensitivity and survival. Okay. I got a six. Okay. Let's start with sensitivity survival. There are no tracks near this place. The ground is clean. Real Linda, you notice it too. The ground, once you get into this place, is kept nice and clean. There is no earth here. There is no soil or moss. Not even a cobweb. Linda, you notice that Most of the side halls have been caved in. There's a direct hallway that leads around a corner. And there's not a lot of ambush opportunities. It seems like a direct path. Really, you notice light from around the corner. Soft, barely perceptible. But there is, with three successes, you can tell that it is sunlight. So... There's some kind of opening around the corner. It's not just yeah. a closed building. Okay. Well, it doesn't seem too threatening so far. I, I think we can just press on ahead. Once you get around the corner, you see what Rill noticed. The sunlight pours in from glass skylights. Somebody has pierced the roof of this place, closed off the openings with glass to make glittering windows that let in the noonday sun in spotlights. And around the corner, there is a series of pedestals. On one of them, there is the head of a statue that appears to be in great pain, giving the carved boulder a grim look. It's covered in lichen, 
The stone doesn't look anything like the stone around here. There's a door leaning up against one of these pedestals, ornately carved. Some of the guilt is still remaining on it. This was once the door to somewhere important, and now it sits on a pedestal in darkness. There is a tremendous ruby, about the size of a person's eye, set in a collar of beaten gold. Like the kind you see in museums. There's a broken automaton, not like the turret you fought outside, but in the shape of a crane. Like a delicate statue, except its joints are visibly hinged. It is motionless, but you can see how it was built to move. Its jaw is articulated, and its wings have several deep gouges in them where they were meant to flex and bend. What you have stumbled upon is a gallery. I have a question. Does it look like this was always the intended purpose of this place, or does it look like it has been more recently arranged and maintained? This looks like it it has been recently arranged and maintained. There is no dust on the plinths. The skylights were installed recently. They're not caked with dirt or anything. No, this is recent. Do we feel our, our anomaly feelings in here? You absolutely do, deeper in. Could I, like, I guess I kind of investigate each of these sculptures, statues, yeah, pieces in the gallery. I guess either understanding and humanity, maybe? Mm-hmm. Okay, is that Gucci? <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I'm absolutely down. What are you trying to learn? I guess, how much of this world do I know about from my memories, from the memories that were implanted in us? Like, would I be able to glean what kind of stuff the person who is keeping this gallery is, like, interested in? Like, a time period or a certain event? I love that. Please. Sick. All right. No, I got three fours and a five. So close. One success will tell you that these objects are all extremely different from one another. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to have anything in common. Okay. Interesting. The door is clearly carved by a completely different civilization than whoever carved the statue. Okay. There haven't been automata in Amilta, not new ones, for over a century. Okay. So whoever built the crane was over a hundred years ago. Do all the sculptures look like... They're a hundred years old as well? Some of them. Okay. The statue of the head looks like it could be. The door, not so much. Interesting. Okay. Like, Rail is just very quiet. Like, they just seem, uh, like, focused, but not really at the same time. And they're just kind of quietly, like, going from each thing and just, like, staring at it. And then, like, moving on. Getting the information they want and then moving on. And as we move on, we come to a large chamber. There are more spotlights here. More noonday sun is flooding into the place. And there is a fastidious meow. Why do I use words I can't pronounce? A fastidious meow? (laughs) Meow! Sorry. No, my habits, my tics, my vocal tics. No, spaghetti. Um, There's a room and in it there's stuff. Okay. There is a good word picture, Kat. <laughs> yeah, word pictures! Yeah. No, this is the kind of thing I make Kathleen cut. <laughs> so, and 
she doesn't. There is a room flooded with noonday sunlight that pours in through these skylights. There's a meticulously maintained chair, crimson upholstery at the far end. And pacing near it, there is a person. They're not particularly tall, maybe about a Linda in height. They have pale skin and transparent, glassy-looking hair and eyes. They dress in layer upon layer of neatly folded fabric. The layers individually are transparent, but layered together they cloud into iridescent gray. And this person has in their hand something that Linda recognizes. It is a pulse rifle, like the one you used in Lancer. Oh my god. Ma'am? Excuse me? (laughs) You just told me it had to be something that doesn't belong here. (laughs) Well, you nailed it. (laughs) And they look at you, and they say in a voice that is dull and flat and quiet, Hello, who are you? So, I think Linda's going to take the lead on this one, if it's okay with you all. Please do. Okay. So, Linda, I think, is going to roll sensitivity and language. Because she wants to do her best to suss out what it's doing without trying to alert whoever this is that they need it back and that there may be fighting. I mean, hopefully there won't be. I I suspect that this is what we were warned. Okay. So that is my sensitivity three, and my language makes it four dice. Okay. And I rolled two fives, a one, and a three. Okay. Let's see. I think I'll give it to you for two fives. Okay. They have somewhat anachronistic and stiff speech. They don't appear to have hostile intent. They don't appear to be, like, brandishing the pulse rifle as if it is a weapon. They're just... Holding it like they would any other object. Okay. They don't seem threatened by your approach. If anything, they're completely stoic and calm. Okay. So then I think Linda's going to say, well, hi there. My name is Linda um, and my friends and I are here um, because we are looking for something. And I think you might just have it there. We are on a quest from someone uh, who needs that for sentimental reasons. It's an important family heirloom, and they'd love to have it returned. Of course, we're happy to work out a deal, whatever, you know, uh, we're all reasonable folk here. And those transparent eyebrows climb higher on their forehead. And they give a stiff, not particularly deep, they give a bow of a couple degrees. Nothing really different about it. I am called the Baron in the Gallery. Welcome. Is this something special? Oh, uh, well, uh, first of all, I apologize. I didn't realize I was talking with nobility. Uh, and Linda does as deep a curtsy as she knows how to do. Um, she took at least like a cotillion lesson, so she should know a little bit of a curtsy. And she says, well, Baron, it's really not anything terribly special. It's just a, just a little curiosity. But you see, the person that we're getting it for is a dear old friend of mine. And it was something, just a little, just a little something that her child made her. So you know how important that is. I'm going to put baby's pulse rifle on the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So I have two things to inform the party of. The first thing is that the spell pieces here are 
Collection, Unique, Shining, Dark, Buried, and Lonely. And the next thing is that this is an encounter. Oh. So you have three choices in this encounter. You can advance Destroy. You can force the Baron to give up the rifle. You can advance Redirect by trying to convince the Baron to give it up. Or you can advance Outlast and leave without it. The Baron is not hostile. And there's a bunch of moves in this list that the Baron won't move unless, basically, unless this turns into a fight. Okay. But we can roll our advantage pool? Yes, please do. So what is that again? It's adaptability and tactics? That's exactly what it is. Okay. Well, so I already start with the five, right? Yep. Okay. And then... This is definitely ruins. <laughs> uh, and I got a five and a three, so we are at six successes. Or six in the advantage pool, rather. Okay. I rolled only a five. Since I have tactics, I rolled two dice here, right? No, you roll one dice in addition to your adaptability. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's two for me. Okay, yeah, then two. Yeah, I got no successes. That's okay. So we're starting off with seven. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how much we want to communicate right and directly in front of the bear. <laughs> so I think what Rill would do right now is kind of read the room a little bit in that they are... Because there's other stuff in this room, right? Is it other... Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I want them to sort of perceive like what other kind of stuff is in here what other stuff is this baron collecting love it is there anything that could inform them of what they like or whatever so i'm thinking understanding would you say either understanding humanity or or understanding tactics or maybe focus do you have spirits i don't i'm gonna say i think your best bet is understanding humanity then okay so Four dice. Okay. I got a six and a one. Okay. If you keep the edge success, I'm going to tell you something important. But I'm going to let the Baron get one of his moves off without letting you guys stop it. Okay. Let me think about this. Something important. What do you guys think? Should I accept this or? Yeah, I'd say do it. Okay, I will accept then. So two successes to the pool, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll worry about what the Baron does on on his turn. But um, there are countless objects lining the walls of this room. Most of them are works of art, but some of them are like antique weapons, usually carefully wrought. Everything in this room is completely unique. Okay. So I have another question. Does that count as my action then? Like I wouldn't be able to use direct line to like communicate this, right? I would let you do it. Yeah. Because you're contributing to the advantage pool, which means this is something that gives the party an advantage. Absolutely. Okay. So if I did direct line, would I have to use two scatter to send it to Zen and Lindo? Yes. Okay. Ooh, we're we're really- uh... It is assist scatter though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, well, why, why the hell not? Yeah, I'll use two assist scatter to send a thought to Zen and Linda, which is he collects, he collects unique, unique weapons. weapons. And that's just like a thought I sent. And then you guys can send a similar message back to me if you want. You don't have to. I'm not going to make you. <laughs> I'm going to send back. Do you think we can trade? Can Zen hear what Linda says? 
Is this a group text? No, it's a one-on-one text. <laughs> okay. I don't think Zen has anything to say, then. I kind of give, like, a slight nod to Linda. So, I actually have an idea. I love this. Okay. Well, I, Dorka, have an idea. <laughs> so, if, if it is communicated to Zen that, like, we're considering a trade, then, yeah, I have thoughts. I then am going to go ahead and take the first part of my turn, if that's okay. Okay. Because it's communicative. So I'm going to use my assist pool to do Whisper on the Wind, which is one assist scatter, Mm -hmm. which will let me whisper a sentence, just a short message, uh, and as long as the target is outside somewhere, it will reach them within the hour. Does this let me do this in the same room? I know know it's not super windy in here, but there still is air. There's air, yeah. Okay. I'm going to let this. This is good, and I love it. (laughs) Okay. So then Linda is going to whisper into the air and send it to Zen and say, um, I think we should try to trade with him. And presumably since Zen is like not very far away, that it won't take very long to reach her. Yep. I think it it reaches Zen as Zen acts. All right. Zen thinks about that. So I think Zen is... The demon is kind of like indifferent to us, right? Like That's absolutely correct. I mean, right. right now the demon seems curious about you, but not in a like um, in a heightened or alert kind of way. Right. It doesn't regard us as any sort of threat. The demon regards you the same way you regarded the butterflies. All right, that's uh, I can I can work I can deal oh, with he that. He thinks we're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few scatter left. I'm gonna try a spell. Are you advancing the pool or are you advancing a goal? I think I'm going to try advancing the goal. Okay. Which goal? Sorry, I can't remember what they're called. Redirect? Um, Destroy or outlast? Right. I think redirect. I'm going to try to redirect because I'm okay. trying to, to, I guess, do a trade and get it to give us the, the pulse rifle. All right. All right. So I'm going to try, I'm going to cast a spell striking with striking and unique. And I'm basically going to try and transform my own sword into a, like, unique weapon. Like, a something really special and elaborate. Oh, like That's this. such a good idea. So the difficulty for this encounter on redirect is four. So do you want to spend four scatter? Do you want to take some from the pool? Where are we at? Four scatter will knock me unconscious. Okay, well, don't, don't fall over. <laughs> okay. But I'll do three. Okay. And then take one from the pool. So describe to me, first of all, what, if anything, this magic looks like. And second of all, tell me about the wicked sword you make. Oh, I'll have to think about this for a second. This is the best possible person to do this spell because Dorka actually knows things about swords. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make him a keyblade from Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, make a calendar from Wheel of Time, so. (laughs) No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to offer this demon something truly unique. So Zen takes her sword, and it's just a pretty standard sword. And I think she sort of lets this magic into her, and she gathers this image in her mind. And going with the sort of sunlight theme that we've had, I think this blade sort of gathers up some of the surrounding light and shifts and changes. And I think what is happening to this sword here, it's becoming the sword that Zen had in our last arc. 
because I have a description written out for it somewhere. Nice. <laughs> this is just the the ma- magic weapons comeback tour for the Eternity Archives. Yeah. 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 Basically, and Zen had a cutlass with a like white and blue Damascus pattern, giving it a wavy, shimmering motif. And it also has, yeah, it's a cutlass. It's a it's a broad cutlass with kind of a salamander motif on the hilt. Oh, that's extremely cool. And so it kind of like seems to shift and move like waves as you turn the sword over. Yeah, it does seem to have some sort of like significance to it that removed from the context of the game doesn't really have any actual effect, but it's... Everything in a museum is removed from context. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's yes. totally fair. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what galleries are. That's what they do. It's sort of like a mystery about it, a story to it. And like, there's a shift in the Baron's expression. The Baron has noticed this sword. You've definitely... You have piqued his interest. Yeah, and I, I like to think that it might also be more immediately recognized as a weapon, which might help a little. Alright, so now I have the sword, and y'all can do the heavy lifting of convincing. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Linda hasn't acted yet. Yes. So I was going to say that I would like to do subtle language or subtlety and language rather. Okay. And also I want to use my manipulation key. I'm so glad you trotted that out. I was waiting for it. (laughs) So I get two for the key two for my subtlety and one for language. Yes, please. So, let's see how this goes. Are you trying to increase the pool or advance redirect? I would like to advance redirect. Okay, we're going full out. And uh, I will pull from the pool if necessary. Gotcha. I rolled all twos and a four. Oh, no. Oh, Piscati. Oh, so I just no. open my mouth and just go, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so Nice. Want sword? (laughs) Sword good. Do you want to advance redirect by taking four out of the pool anyway? How much do we have in the pool? Eight. Then yes, I do. Okay. Since since no one's getting their ass kicked at the moment, I feel like that's okay. Is that okay with y'all? Yeah, that's fine. So you can take advantage of the groundwork that uh, Rill laid in letting you know what the Baron's interest is. And... Despite maybe not being as slick as Linda knows she's capable of being, the Baron's listening. One thing that I'm not going to let you stop the Baron from doing, however, is the Baron is a little distracted by the pulse rifle. The Baron inspects the pulse rifle and is now halfway to knowing how to use it. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) And that's where we'll pick up next time here on the Eternity Archives. The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Bappy, and Siva. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. This chapter was sponsored by Martha Miller, and editing assistance for this episode was provided by Nikki from Beholder to No One. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay!
Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.